Right. So, <laughs> one day not too long ago, I went to visit this new place around the corner from Orma Bass called Cafe Kuhn, right? I went for lunch. A uh, mate of mine, they told me that this place sells unbelievable barbecue sandwiches and that they had bought the smokers from barbecue when it shut down or something like that. So basically, I went and it was no joke, one of the best lunches I have had in recent memory. When I was there, I got chatting to a couple called Barbara and JP Weirty. I think that's how you say their last name. But they were these guys, they're making the coffee, making the sandwiches, and it turns out that they were the owners of this new place. And no joke, after about two minutes of hearing them chat, I knew for a fact that I had to get them on the show. I don't really know what to say, I don't really know how to describe the couple, but really the Best way to do it is probably if you imagine what happens whenever an unstoppable force meets an immovable object because these guys' energy and passion is just absolutely electric. So after diving into their story a wee bit, turns out they met on Twitter during a transitional period in their lives and the rest is sort of history in the making. Now they've combined a wide range of experience across the corporate and film sectors. Yeah, it's, it's a long story. And they've now opened up Cafe Kuhn, a new experimental space on Cormac Street, which is just opposite the Gasworks. That's honestly, it's redefining local cafe culture here in Belfast. So in this episode, we chat all about their story, what it's like to juggle such a massive project while being eight months pregnant. Yes, that happened. And why creating spaces that matter are so important for the future of our city. So I literally am absolutely without words right now because I had an absolutely dynamic conversation with these guys and I know you're really really going to love it so without further ado let's get into today's show thanks for listening here we go all right guys what's the crack my name is Matthew Thompson and welcome to best of Belfast the podcast that celebrates our wee country northern Ireland Each episode gives you the opportunity to get to know and learn from some of the incredible people who call this place home through our unfiltered conversations. The show is brought to you from our recording studio in Ormo Bath, Sparkly Eagle Labs, a co-working space right here in the heart of the city centre. Make sure you don't miss out on our weekly stories as they go live every Monday morning by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favourite podcast app. You can also join our email newsletter crew at bestofbelfast.org to have episodes delivered to your inbox, along with some other top secret news, content, and info. That's it for me for now. Time to jump straight into today's episode with this week's local legend. Really hope that you enjoy. Starting up where we left off, take control of this night, light it up, light it up. that morning uh, just over the toilet with morning sickness um, so I had felt I just felt rubbish and then whenever I came out and checked my phone there was all these missed calls from both JP and my mum and I thought oh I was waiting on some good news you see so I thought oh this good news has finally come through like it was funding or something like that I was like yay and rang him and he's like I'm in the ambulance I said, why what's happened he says oh I, I had an accident and I laughed because the first the last thing I'd said to him before he left that morning was now you be safe because you're down there on your own and so I thought <laughs> this he was is just in the, in the cafe and yeah. this was down in the cafe this was at home I said look you be safe you're down there on your own working yeah. today um so I thought he was taking the mic I thought he was just winding <laughs> me up and I was like yeah yeah very funny like what's going on and he says no I've I've electrocuted myself <laughs> Um, I have been on fire. I am currently in the back of an ambulance and they're wanting to take me to the hospital. So I slung myself together and, and I, I was a state and it was during that heat wave, you know, it was the middle yeah, of yeah, August. Yeah. So I was already burning from the inside out with both pregnancy hormones and feeling <laughs> awful and was on fire going down the road. And then I saw him and his wee beard had gone up like a Brillo oh. pad and... Oh, it just looks so for you know the in a cartoon when somebody gets struck by lightning yeah 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 and you sort of see the the little um little smoke curls coming off that's what he looked like when I <laughs> got into the back of the ambulance I just couldn't believe what I was saying but JP and I both have like a gallows sense of humor quite a dark sense of humor you need to that's good so we spent a lot of time laughing about it yeah oh yeah Twitter was just full of people 
making the same pun over and over again. Yeah. Electricity based puns. Yeah. Mm. It's good. Yeah, it was distract. It was a good distraction. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. But I feel like I've given a bit of myself to the building. <laughs> you know, I, I, it actually brought me very. It brought me closer to, to it because I, I, I was I I'd spent ten years in a job that meant that I worked. I I I got access to all these beautiful old buildings. And you, you got envious of them, you know, you, you, you would go into a building and you'd be envious of the person who owned it because you could see its potential or just its beauty. And when we went into that building on, on Chromex Street, like I, I just fell in love with it because here was the opportunity to own one of the, uh, not own it, but like to be the curator or the guardian or, um, you know, to, to, to be the person responsible for looking after the building and trying to bring it back to life. So, you know, there's, it, it was it. And then, but doing the work myself and then with having the accident myself, I just feel like, you know, I've given everything that I have to, 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 to trying to yeah. save a little bit of built heritage, you yeah. know, people, you know, because it's quite, it's quite trendy to talk about that at the moment with campaigns against, you know, the development of parts of Belfast. And, you know, um, there seems to be like a, an, a, a kind of a big chasm between the developers and the, and the citizens. And, you know, people, people talk about the Primark building and saving it and the, the, the old bank on the corner of North Street. But like these red brick terraces are to Belfast, you know, they're, you know, they, 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 they belong to Belfast. Yeah. They're as important as yeah. those big buildings. Absolutely. Because they were, they were the buildings that we lived in and they were the buildings that we worked in and they were the buildings that like give a sense of community. Yes, we have beautiful big sandstone buildings and, you know, we, we have to protect them, but we, we also have, little quirky buildings that you know serve the purpose for hundreds of years and find themselves unloved or or, or you know un- uncared for yeah you know that we we've a tendency i think in belfast to focus on flagship or landmark projects and i i understand that um just given the nature of our history we weren't always allowed nice things it's true so when we get nice things we really embrace them and that's a wonderful thing about our city but it's always made me a bit sad that Parts of it which are so beautiful um, have been left unloved um, because of of our history again. So it's it's a it's a double edged sword. Um, but our building, I'd walk past for many years because uh, we live nearby. We live on the lower Ormo. Unreal. Bought a house there many years ago. Handy now. commute, isn't it? Well, <laughs> if, in, if in the interest of full disclosure, when I bought that house, I was still very much a party girl. Okay. So I bought it because it was 10 minutes walk to Katie Daly's. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was on the river. So it was a great, great house. But I had walked past this building and it had been a clutch repair workshop for 45 years. Now I didn't know, I knew what it was, but I didn't know the history of the building. I was always just fascinated by it, sort of wondering how it managed where it was because it's an unusual part of town and you know, the, the gas works were developed, but the area in between the city centre and there never fully closed. So it was just always an unusual area. So when we went to see it and I actually got inside, it blew me away. It, it's quite a special space. Yeah, and I, of course, I'm going to say that because because we look after it now. <laughs> but we, we hadn't meant to see the whole building. It was only the first two floors that were for rent. Uh, but the estate agent sent somebody who allowed us to see the top floor and it turns out the top floor used to be a dance hall, apparently called what? the Chromac. The nice. Chromac? Uh, apparently so. We found out later That's from our cool. landlord. It even still has the um, square, the sprung dance floor. So it's huge and it's a big attic space and it's incredible. It's sort of been divided up a wee bit, you know, over the years for, for, for use. But we just fell in love with the place. Just couldn't get over that this had been sitting here. All these years as I yeah. staggered slash walked past, <laughs> <laughs> wondering what was going on in it. So to, to have the opportunity and to, to look after it was, was quite something. But like we didn't have a plan when we went to see the building, did we? No, we went out of curiosity. We we're nosy. Uh, we, we were kind of at that stage where we had, we had figured out that working for other people wasn't a good idea. So we, 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 <laughs> it only took me about 40 jobs <laughs> I, <laughs> to, to, I, to realize I, I that. Brought I brought Barbara on a project and Barbara. Okay, okay. Let, let's actually, let's hold up for a wee second. Yeah. So welcome to the show. Hello. Oh, Lovely yeah. to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by way of introduction, we always like to ask, who, like, who are you? If you were to walk into an elevator and Liam Neeson was there, what's your elevator pitch? Let, let, let's catch people up here. That's <laughs> not what I thought about. 
I, I'm JP or John Paul Werty and um, I don't really have an elevator pitch. I'm one of those grumpy people who just wants to be left alone <laughs> in life. But I guess, I guess, are we allowed to swear on? on work away. On, work away. I, I would be your classic cunt. <laughs> I, I'm yes. I, a grumpy, uh, argumentative and uh, contrarian. And I think that, you know, there's not enough of us in the world, <laughs> but uh, I'm here to, to, to kind of speak for those people. Mm, spoke, yeah. Spoken like a true contrarian. A contrarian, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good one, yes. And, uh, I'm Barbara Werty. My maiden name is Neeson, though. So ah. if I was in an elevator with Liam Neeson, I would just, you know, talk about how awesome Neesons are. I mean, you've got like an inroad, easily. Sorted, and then I changed my name to Werty, which is a name that I can't really say very <laughs> well. And in my accent, it should be just Werty. Yeah. But that just, it sounds like Werty. There's too much confusion. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. And, and who am I? Well, that's a deeply existential question. Mm, yes. And I've been asked that a lot recently. And I, I, most of the time, I don't really know. I, I don't really think of myself the way JP does. He has a <laughs> very clear defined role, doesn't he? He, he knows. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm just trying to work out sort of what, where, where I'm going. You know, I just, I, at the minute, I've just, I'm in a transition period. I'm going from, a, a corporate kind of boxed off sort of life to now being a lot freer in my life so i don't really have a label for myself um probably opinionated and twitter addict mm. is also a, a problem uh, and sarcastic but i don't have any monikers like my husband no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would also i would also i would remind liam neeson if i was in an elevator with him that he once came to parmerstown and opened the cinema no and they called the cinema screen after him it was, it, was the, it was the biggest cinema screen in Ireland at the time, and they called it after him. Did they really? Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. a big name, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came <laughs> and he, he came and opened it up. He shouldn't run in films anymore, though. I don't think it's good for him. I, I, I've, there's too much shuffling happening there. He should just stop that for you know dignity sake but mm. I'll, I'll leave it there because he's family but he, that's it yeah, yeah <laughs> you can only say because he's like your your great uncle or something but, that's he, it. That's but he's exactly. great isn't he like he's, he's that classic example of like an icon like you know in in in, in, in the true sense like it's Liam Neeson like he's a big huge movie star yeah but he's from Palomino. I know that's the so like people always ask me like because I don't know this is maybe ballpark roughly like episode 38 or something right so yeah. the 38 interviews and people always ask me, what's with the Liam Neeson question? Like, why do you always ask Liam Neeson? I'm like, right, you don't understand. Like, one of the most pinnacle moments of my life was whenever I found out the Qui-Gon Jinn, the Jedi Knight, was from Balamina. Yeah. Like, it just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it was like, like, there's seven, like, there's, I remember when I found out you two were Irish and I couldn't believe it. You know, I was only like six or seven at the time. And my dad told me that one of the few bits of wisdom he ever imparted <laughs> that you two were right. And that blew my mind, you know, because yeah. you'd seen them on TV and they were like yeah. singing songs on the roofs of building and bringing New York to the standstill. And that kind of made me re realize that if you're Irish, you can do whatever you want. A hundred percent. You know, and then living in Dublin with a very ignorant view of, of here, but new, you know, knew who Liam Neeson was yeah uh, and but uh, but you you know to, to see a small little bit of the island produce so many great people you mm. know and again it's it's because there's nothing stopping us there's nothing holding us back like, that 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 a man from Balamina can go on and become a huge successful yeah. movie star and star and Star Wars and stuff like that should be an inspiration to people absolutely yeah, I think people need reminded that that because you know, so many times we, we concentrate on the negativity and we don't look at like, you know, the fact that somebody from Palomino, <laughs> you know, can act, you know, yeah. and brings that Palomino accent to the world. That's it. That's you know? it. And I think, that, I think that's something to be celebrated. Yeah. I, I love um, listening to him do other accents in films as well, because it's never far from, <laughs> you can always hear that flat, you know, Palomino broke just, just in the background. I could listen to him all day, read the phone book. I think, I think fun. people forget, like, because I, I remember when I, when I came up here first, and I, I didn't want to come to Belfast to work. I had no interest in it. I was happy in Dublin. And it just like, you know, made me an offer I couldn't refuse. It was more money than I'd ever got. And it was like better, it was a better role and all of that stuff. So I came up here. So just, I'm not up to speed with this. I'm sure the listeners aren't either. Yeah. What were you working in? Oh, or? so I was a film location manager. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I, 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 I kind of, I, I, I'd were, I'd, that's I'd, a pretty sweet job. It was, it? yeah, it was a pretty sweet <laughs> job. Yeah. I, I, I completely landed in it by accident. Uh, I, I had, I kind of left university and I went to work in all these different productions, 
trying my hand at everything, you know, to try and find my fit. And this guy, I, I was working on a kids TV show for free. And a few weeks later, he rang me and he said, do you have a camera? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you know where Tullamore is? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, right, I'll see you there tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, right. So I drove, and he goes, do you know how to scout locations? I was like, what do you do? And he goes, you were like, absolutely. <laughs> no, I said, I, I said, no. And he goes, you, you photograph them and you, you try and, you, you know, you try and bring back stuff to show the director a visualization of the script. And I was like, a class. And I was very good at it because I can talk. Yeah. So I could, you I may could, have noticed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I could talk and I, I, I studied photography. So it was handy. So I could take nice pictures and I could talk. So I made a career out of it. And then a manager who I worked with, was coming to Belfast and I ended, I ended up coming up and getting on, getting on that film and just coming down to Ballin the Hinch in County Down, never been there before, land in, introduce myself and straight away the slagging starts. <laughs> and I just thought I'm home, <laughs> you know, cause I, I'd been in England and, you know, Eng- English people are sound and all, but they don't really have our sense of humor. No, you know? that's true. I liked uh, how you, you said, Barbara, it was a gallo humour, is that what yeah. you said? Yeah, like you, you find mm. humour even in the darkest of spaces. I like that. In fact, you, sometimes that's where you find the best stuff. <laughs> and I just, I just fell in love with this city and, and with, with the whole, like, controversial, what do you call it, like the North. Or, before I lived up here, I would have said the North all the time. But now <laughs> that I live here, I say Northern Ireland. That's it. You know, and it, but, yeah. what, but what do you, like, whatever you call it, like, it's a wonderful, beautiful place. And it has these two jewels in its crown in Derry and Belfast, yeah. these two merchant cities. And, you know, I lived in Leeds and uh, went to Manchester and up in the, you know, down into Sheffield and Liverpool. And they, they really uh, respect that heritage and celebrate that heritage. And then you come here and people tear these buildings down. So my, my, my passion for old buildings came because they created my employment. Yeah. But then as the more time you spend in an old building or I know, but, and you, you start to look at their potential and, and, you know, so many property developers walk in and go, right, if we, if we tear this down, we can we can build this, whereas I kind of walk into a building and go, what can we save? Can yeah. we save everything? You know, what can we add to to to, to add value to it? See, I'd, I'd spent years trying to escape Belfast. <laughs> um, I had tried everything to get out and stay. I I, I was of the generation where, um, like, I was seventeen when Good Friday happened but i was very much the generation where you were told to focus on your education and and go away mm. like we love you but go live somewhere else to have a good life yeah. you know um so i went to scotland for university i had a fantastic time in st andrews like that's a mad place a beautiful place if you're into golf you probably know it if you're not you probably know because it it's where prince william went to university um, that was an accident that I ended up there with the future <laughs> King of England having just spent seven years on the Falls Road at St. Dominic's. There, there you was go. <laughs> no intention behind that, although the security forces made sure to thoroughly vet me mm. um, on that front, which was interesting. Uh, but when I left there, I, I went to study in America. I went to work for Jimmy Carter. Unbelievable. Uh, in the Carter Center in Atlanta. What? I'd um, won a scholarship to, to go. So I had this fantastic experience and thought, this is me, you know, this is me away. And uh, then money, the recession happened, money that I'd had had vanished and I just had to come home. I couldn't afford to stay in America. I couldn't afford to to, to travel or do to, to execute those plans that I had. So I kind of crash landed back here. Um, I was just thoroughly depressed, you know, because when you leave uni and you're sort of, you're, you're on that trajectory and you're doing so well academically and you see all this shiny stuff in your future and then it kind of just takes a dive off a cliff it often it takes your confidence with it big time so when i came home my only focus was like what what can i do to bring money in it wasn't about a career because this was only a stopgap. Mm. <laughs> this mindset like this is just until ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. but i couldn't find anywhere to settle right because i do have a big personality and i don't like having to put it in a box to go to work and i find it very hard to manage being me and having to work in a corporate environment and also having to do that for often very little money. Um, you know, when you're, when you're fresh in and I could say it was a recession, there was a glut of people in the market. So I kind of got stuck in this loop of contract jobs and temporary work and, um, some great opportunities, brilliant companies that I work for, but never finding anywhere that really felt like home Yeah, yeah, yeah. where I could just unpack and really put my back into it and know that that was somewhere that I belonged. And I found that really stressful because I'd always loved 
school, academia. I found those places very secure and very nurturing. And you were, by the sounds of you were just very talented at that. You were good at it. it. You could get the exam results. You could succeed in those parameters and those rules. I understand that. I knew where I was comfortable. And and I couldn't really work out how to translate that into the real world. Well, certainly not the real world here in Northern Ireland. I tried London. I didn't, didn't like it. Um, and I, I, over the years, I've realized I do think it's nicer to maybe be a slightly bigger fish in a smaller pond because you can get so lost in those big cities. But ultimately, I worked my way up through those sort of ranks and I into executive level and executive PA and looking after some really amazing, talented people. But again, never feeling at home. So when I met JP, I was kind of a little lost in that way. I was happy to be home and, and happy to be here, but didn't really know what I wanted to do. and was finding it frustrating. Like I was wasting myself, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then we met and it was kind of a bit of an explosion because we, we met. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what is it when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object? That, that, <laughs> that pretty much sums up our, our marriage, actually, our entire relationship. Like, <laughs> we, um, yeah, we, we'd, I, I don't know he fell out of the sky but um he it turns out we'd followed each other on twitter for for many years um but i didn't know who he was because he ran the lad account and it was uh, anonymous yeah, yeah and i wasn't that bothered by finding out who it was i just always <laughs> thought they were funny but um yeah then whenever we we did finally meet he <laughs> tried to connect with me on tinder yeah um and I he sent me these things called super likes which I'd never had before and whenever I had to pretend so we, charming JP well when we wow. met I had to pretend <laughs> that I'd never got them because I didn't respond <laughs> to the super yeah, likes yeah my, my wife rejected me on tinder a couple of times like, not, <laughs> three, three times not just the once yeah three times but, um, but we met and uh it was pretty pretty instantaneous really wasn't it yeah but it, it's just we were both kind of at that stage where we were we were in the process of reinventing ourselves um and trying to you know i like life is all is all about your comeback you know? <laughs> that's true <laughs> it is, well it, look it is but like i don't know to be not to be philosophical but people get so wrapped up in a sense of shame or embarrassment and that holds you back whereas i just stopped giving a fuck you know i'd i'd i try to kill myself a couple of times and couldn't even manage that, you know, like I, I went one night and uh, was driving back from Dublin and I got high and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not proud of this, you know, I'm not condoning, I'm not suggesting anybody should do this, but my plan was to crash the car and make it look like an accident. And uh, the next thing I know, I, I, I woke up in my bed. Wow. I'd, I'd forgotten to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's gallows humor. <laughs> I did. I got. I, I did. I got. I. 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 I set. I, I set out to do, but I got so fucked up that I, I managed to get. Home. It just slipped your to do list. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, like you know, I. <laughs> I, 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 I. I got myself. You know, like, everybody talks about mental health, and the yeah. problem here is that we're not open about mental health, and we're not open with these issues. And I got myself in a mess, uh, but a functioning mess where you know, I was a, was a, was a, a functioning drug, drug addict who had a really good job. Yeah. And on the outside had this nice life, but the turmoil took over. So I, I was coming back from that and Barbara was coming back from, you know, it, from her reinvention. And then we just, we just met, but the first two years of our relationship was restless because the, the thing that we actually enjoy to do is spend time together. Mm. Uh, and we were having to kind of, work <laughs> yeah you know. it's called reality now, now, like i had a nice little job in a call center and i enjoyed it you know i was running a social media account for tourism ireland and i was having the crack because i was like you know using my locations knowledge to sell the country and my social media I was getting paid to be on twitter and at the same time i was running lad you know yeah. so i was literally, yeah. essentially they were paying me to sit and, and run and, and run ladder contribute to ladder barbara was going and doing her thing and we were coming together in the evenings and we muddled through like that and then last last year at the beginning of last year we went on a job together i brought barbara along on a job and we realized that we you know all this time that we were spending working for other people was 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 working for the other people, but it wasn't working for us. And yeah. I put blind faith in people. You know, I'm, I'm very much like if somebody comes to me with an idea and I buy into the idea, I buy into the person, I jump all in, you know, and uh, he does. He I do, really you know, does. and and Barbara rightly pointed out like that 
she was the person I should be doing that for. You know, because you'd, you'd, you'd jump in with all this enthusiasm and you'd be the first person to volunteer for something because you just wanted to yeah. get done and do it well. But when somebody else is in control or pulling the purse strings or whatever, you know. It, it, you, and it, it goes from that place where your energy is an asset and it's exactly why they wanted you in the room to have been something that needs to be managed. Yeah. And it was just always going back to that having to hew edges off yourself. It's not not about being obstinately difficult. Or what do you mean by hew edges? Sorry, I don't understand. Taking bits off yourself, you know, okay. playing parts of your personality down, playing maybe parts of your maybe even thoughts that you would have or, or opinions you would have on. So kind of like putting the lid on it, basically having to having to sit in the corner on your hands. Yeah, and yeah. and there's a case of always sort of you always feel like the office junior. I have an example point. of that in that. I was once asked to get, there was an outstanding invoice and I was once tasked with being the person who made that <laughs> not an outstanding invoice. So I ran, just imagine okay, so, so I ran, just went from location scout to deck well, collector. Just well, no, no, we were, it was a production, <laughs> it, it was an inter-production company. So it was, you know, it was a job I had worked on, a yeah. little commercial and bigger commercials company and they were taking their time paying their bills and there was a cash flow issue. And I was, I, I, I was asked to, 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 you know, get these people to pay. So I picked up the phone and I stayed on the phone on hold for like seven or eight hours. Mm-hmm. And they'd dial out and then I'd ring back and the reception would just put me back on hold. So seven and, 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 it, and they cracked and the money came into the account. Fair play. Right. But, right. Right. <laughs> and all, you know, you, you know, new trainers were purchased and all sorts of stuff happened. <laughs> and, uh, two days later, I get sacked. Uh, because the company didn't like the approach that I took. What? Like they were the ones who were, you know, and two, that's what's wrong. Behind. That's what. That's what. That's what's wrong with this city is that, like, you know, if you step up above the parfait, if you if you become awkward, if you become like if you become somebody that's deemed as difficult, yeah, people will 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 you know will try you know even though they're wrong you know like you know even though they're in the wrong the, the perfect scapegoat status quo yeah. prevails it's because sort of thing. you know it, we are a small city and and all all of our sectors are interlinked in some way there's the, it's not six degrees of de- separation as you well know yeah you know it's maybe one or two yeah you know, everyone's mom knows everybody yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an element of of not wanting to rock the boat and that and it's not about doing it for the sake of it i think that's what's important it's if you have a way of thinking or and you you believe in that and you believe in your approach then and how people should be treated or how you should be treated then you should really be applauded for standing up and being yourself because that's something that we talk about so much in modern society but my experience of having from when I came home when I was mentioning to whenever I met JP I probably worked for between 40 and 50 companies in Northern Ireland so I have seen what it's like out there and I understand that whilst they may hire me for the fact that I can talk the talk and I can I can perform well when I'm in that environment and who I am starts to maybe rock with our status quo, that's whenever I became a problem. That's whenever I became difficult. That's when I had to be moved to another role or not because I didn't get on with people, but it was what do we do with our energy? Yeah. Where do we put it? And me and him had spent two years just wheeling it around other people and, and getting a lot of experience out of it. You know, we didn't look back and go, oh, that was a waste of time. But if anything, at that last project where we saw what others were achieving by putting that energy into themselves and the scale that they were achieving that on, it was a real wake up call. And and we come home and like JP said, yes, I, I said about putting the energy into me. Now that sounds very wifey and selfish sort of a thing to say, <laughs> but we were we knew together we were um we're a very strong mix um we're, we're quite similar in many ways which can also make it explosive <laughs> but there was an energy there that we didn't get working with anybody else yeah yeah you know, there was there was something happen whenever we put our minds to something like when jp decided not long after we met that he wanted to play the mac um wanted to do a show at the mac and i think he gave me was a three weeks notice <laughs> Uh, and he decided he was going to do it on his birthday or it was just after his birthday. And we, we worked together and we sold that show out. Unreal. You know, and, and it was a one, and it was an amazing night and it was an incredible achievement. So we knew that we could do it. It was just where, how, yeah. how were we going to do it? You keep bumping into people in life that go, I wish I could do that. Mm. 
And I didn't want to be one of those people anymore that yeah. said, oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd done that. Um, I went to, I, 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 I done stand up. I done an open mic, um, in the pavilion. Uh, it was on the 22nd of July, 2015, because it was my daughter's birthday. I, I knew, yeah, my daughter's third birthday. And I put her to bed that night and she didn't understand what I was talking about, you know, but I, I don't, I went and I done, I, I, I done it. I, I done a joke about putting her to bed and her and trying to explain who the DUP were to a six year old. <laughs> and I just loved it. You know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the best comedian in the world. I'm, you know, I, I just, I do it for myself. I don't yeah. care if the audience like it or yeah. not, you know, cause I didn't want to be one of those people who say, Oh, I wish I'd done that. So you meet people all the time. You go, Oh, you're, I do comedy. And they go, oh, I wish I'd done, I wish I'd done that. But of course you can do it. Yeah. Anybody can do it. It's like anything. You can learn how to do it. And there's no limitation to what you can learn how to do if you put the time and the effort into it. And then we've opened the, opened this business and people go, Oh, I wish I, wish I could do that. You go, of course you could, because like, like we're open four months and a couple of days. We got the keys seven months ago. Eight months ago, this wasn't an idea. Yeah. This only became an idea. The day we went to see the building. Yeah. And it only became an idea to spite the estate agent because he didn't take <laughs> us seriously. But we had no money. Yeah. You know, we were we were going from one job to the next. Yeah. And we, we, were li- we were living. We were living. For, for coat no neckers. Yeah. <laughs> living hand to mouth like most people are. Broke. You know, like, yeah. there's a, like everybody's like that. There's a whole generation of people who are who are, are living hand to mouth. Yeah. Know? But then there's also this great history of innovation in this city so we've seen this bill and we cobble together an idea we end up with the keys through generosity of family and friends and people all coming together because yeah. people you know and and here we are and, and, and we open the doors and you you try to create employment and you, you try to you try to you try you try to do your bit and it's hard you know it's a, it's a struggle but if you don't take that first step then you'll never achieve yeah what, what, what you'll end if, if we had looked at the scale of that with with realistic eyes because you don't whenever you're looking at a part you're you're it's like falling in love you know it's everything's blurred and you're like wow <laughs> you know and if we had looked at that with real eyes we, we probably would have excuse me shut a brick and run, run a mile to be fair <laughs> or, or got got some money and done up our house and yeah oh like, that's fine and we'll you know we'll, we'll yeah. go about our lives but we didn't. We're both emotional people and we're both um, passionate people. And when we saw this space, we just got sucked in entirely by it. But it, it has become, you know, it becomes all consuming. Mm. You know, I joke that uh, you watch Father Ted, mm-hmm. you know, John and Mary, who run the shop, yeah. bait the life out of each other. Yeah. And like, they, I actually think they used to be really happily married. Because <laughs> me and him, like, it, we're like, we're a great team and, and there's no issues that way, but this is probably the most intense experience any, any partnership could put themselves mm. under because it's fit. There's financial, it's emotional, it's, it's, it's physical with his accident. And mm-hmm. then to find out three weeks after he took the lease that we were <laughs> expecting, um, a baby was. I was just going to say it. Like, it sounds <laughs> like actually your pregnancy, like, was just pretty much bang on the time whenever you guys went to see yeah, the house. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> planned, like, you know. But we had, we had, Bar- Barbara had been pregnant last year or the year before last and unfortunately lost the baby. And yeah. so we had, de- we had, having a baby was the last thing on our mind, you know, yeah. like that was years down the line. Yeah. Like, so genuinely like. Ax- yeah, I was a- like, no, I'm grand yeah. now for a yeah. while, you know, yeah. because it had, had been brutal and it had, had taken a toll on us both and it was not, not on the cards. Uh, but then. You know, then it was on the cards. Well, that's life. Yeah. It's like when you watch like location, location, grand location designs. or grand designs, you know, when they, when they're doing, yeah, grand designs and they're doing the big project and the woman gets pregnant and you know. And you're like, how? Yeah, what you? Were you not thinking? What are they thinking? That would never happen to me. And I'm like, but, oh, I see. But it, it, <laughs> you know, we, it, but you just say, fuck it. And you just get on with it. And it is what it, you know, that, that's something that you have to, Continue. And I've been like, I'm a man, so pregnancy is the easy thing for me. 
you know, it's all, it, 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 well, it is. And I, and I, 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 it's been a bit of an arse, to be honest. I, I, at times, I've probably been a bit of an arse <laughs> it's been as a well. bit of an arse yeah. about, about it, to be fair. Because, again, it, it meant then that JP had to carry a lot of that project. And this was something that he and I were passionate about that we wanted to do together. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it just, it, and it's no begrudging of, of the little one, but I had really bad sickness with it. it. It was grim and I wasn't feeling myself at all. I was totally away from my own mind, which was difficult for me. But then it's difficult for your other half who is is relying on you mm. and you're dropping the ball and then you're angry with yourself. But look, pregnancy is a lie. Like Stephen, if they talk about the glow <laughs> and all of that, people are liars. People are flat liars. <laughs> people that have that experience are in the minority because everybody else who's actually honest with you will tell you that wonderful as it is to have your have your kids, it is a brutal year. And and it is, and those are the people we should be listening to, not the marketers, <laughs> not the feckers doing that Amazon ad where they're sitting watching YouTube videos about how to like change nappies and then getting Alexa to order all their their, mm, their stuff for the nursery. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm being trolled personally <laughs> by those ads, but yeah, we 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 had a lot to contend with. So when you when you get to the place where you're actually opening the doors and that's the the moment of truth, that was kind of when we jumped off the. Yeah. the cliff and yeah. put ourselves in the hands of the community around us yeah so i mean we're like we're half an hour into the chat and now it's, it's time to talk about the cafe the cafe was 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 so again just a sign post people cafe kuhn yeah is that how you yeah. say well, it am just, i saying yeah, right c-u-a-n kuhn what does kuhn mean well, as we use it, it means harbor or, or safe space. So if that's you, very ambiguous. As we use it, right? So, so <laughs> well, like everything, there's a story. So if you go down to Strangford, you'll see that there's a little kind of restauranty bar place called Cune as well. So it's the Irish word for harbor. Okay, yeah. but as all Irish words, if you put a, a fada over it, it, the U, it changes the meaning completely. So it goes from being harbor or safe space to be being hound. As mm. in Cuhullen, so Q, Q, the Q from Cuhullen comes yep. from Cuhn. I'm no, I'm no Irish language scholar, but <laughs> uh, we keep lurchers, which are hounds. There you um, go. Yeah, so yeah. We, we came to it uh, from that way. And actually, uh, we were going to call the, the, the baby that we didn't have Cuhn. So, wow. Um, yeah, because it was a nice name. And, hey, that's uh, it was cool. Gonna, it was going to be our little yeah. hound. So then when we, we came to names, uh, we decided that we would drop the fodder and we would kind of use the memory, but ch- change the name so it was more appropriate to it. Cafe Cuhn. But yeah. what we were trying to do is, uh, was to create that, a, a space for, for uh, conversation. Because we have this online presence, you know, Twitter. We spend way too much time. Like we'll sit <laughs> on one end of the sofa with the dogs yeah. in the middle, on, talking to each other by Twitter direct message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not always the healthiest. No, because there are multiple accounts that need to be kept up. But you know, so we wanted we wanted to kind of create that atmosphere, that that, that place, that space, that that atmosphere could of conversation um, could happen we, because. Yeah. Well, we we're a post-conflict society um, and we're going through this huge change at the moment in terms of identity because of Brexit and the, 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 the question of United Ireland. And, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of acrimonious dis- discourse. And I, I don't I, I grew up where you went around to somebody's house and you had a cup of tea and you talked things out. And I never drank tea and I, I developed <laughs> taste for coffee. And we found a really sexy coffee machine online. So we opened a cafe. But the principle was if that would bring people into the building, yeah. people would come in for a cup of tea and a chat. Yeah. yeah. And then from that then, the other people have come in to occupy the space. And people might look at Barbara and I and go, well, you have a very set point of view. But we are very much an open church. You know, it's very, it's very <laughs> much, the door is open and we turn, like, there's a couple of events happening in the building today. I have no idea who the people are, what they're doing, but they like the space and, and, and they're, and they're having conversations. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, and that's what we want. We want to, you know, Belfast loves a chain. You know, they do. Like everybody got excited when Tim Hortons came to town and. Like you were Rex. saying, Barbara, the whole flagship mentality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that, um, oh, look, some, something fancy or flashy from somewhere else wants to go. It's like, val- it's, it, we feel validated by it. it very we? much so. We, yeah. I think we've been like the undervalued, uh, you know, if you, you watch like a rom com movie. Starbucks you know, loves like, us too. Like, you know, the best friend who always gets sort of, yeah. you know, passed over for the other. I think Belfast always has that. Yeah. Sort of Belfast security. is the one in the movie, like wearing the glasses. Some 
someone comes along, takes the glasses off, and, and realizes it's beautiful. Beauty. Yeah, you know, which it never didn't know was there before. And you're like, oh my God, but you're so stunning. Like, you're such a. Cla- I mean, I've been bringing friends here from, oh. um, from uni and all and from abroad for years, and they just can't get over how amazing mm. the city is. But you see when you walk down the high street, there's far too many chains. There's just far too many names that you know. And the little independent shops aren't getting the same breath of air that the that the big chains are. So I, I, I'm i not really, I used to be more materialistic, I guess, as that's waned as I've gotten older. I think I take the value more in unique and mm-hmm. small purchases and just taking the joy out of somewhere that you can't find anywhere else. And that is what we've managed to do with Kuhn and like, there's plenty of people who open a place in Belfast and they'll have a slick concept and they'll put a lot of money into to the finish of a building or how much they pay for a chair, you know, because it has to be new and it has to be this model. Or To me, that's not authentic to our city because mm-hmm. we've always been a bit make, do and mend. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, there's nothing because it keeps it. What that allows you to do is maintain your heritage rather than constantly reinvent it. It's letting you look after the things that you do have rather than always cover the things that you don't. Yeah. So our place is quite ordinary when you look at it. It's quite plain. It's just big white walls and a dark ceiling. But what's different is it's very much like nobody else could have opened it. Not, I'm doing that in, a, in an egotistical way. I mean, it's just very much our our atmosphere. It's, it's a place that we have created with the people that we love and trust who are part of our team. Well, from an outsider perspective, like I can tell you for a fact, it's not like any other cafe in Northern Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an understatement. You know what I mean? Take it as a compliment. It's very much a compliment. Like the, you know, the, the best comp- the best compliment that I got was it looks ordinary, and I thought that's yeah. great. You know, and what they meant by that was so many places. As Barbara alluded, they, they have a lot more money than we had, so they go in and it's like design. massive fit out. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. and they celebrate, the, they, they celebrate the they celebrate the fit where. We, 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 we looked at the coffee <laughs> and we looked at things like milk and we looked at like where we'd buy our bread and we looked at like that. We looked at where we could get them locally and, you know, yeah, and, and, and commercially, you know, so there's, there's great artisan products and there's great commercial products. So we try to get a little bit of both. So we use an mm-hmm. artisan smokehouse down in Armagh. Yeah. Um, and we use Yellow Door Bakery yeah. and we use Dale Farm Milk. You know, because it's really, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know. And, 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 and so we, we went and, and, and spent the time looking at the ingredients that make up a coffee shop. Yeah. You know, where did you get your cups from? Where are the compostable? You know, uh, are, are you doing all that you can do to make sure that the staff who work there have a good standard of living? So, mm we don't make anybody clock in we don't make anybody wear a uniform people turn up at the time they're supposed to turn up yeah, at, and yeah. they leave at the time that they're going to leave and at. you know they our team and people always talk about their their team when they come in and talk about their business and rightly so because your whole business is built on it but i have like i said i've worked a lot of places and my god we are spoiled like we are completely ruined with the people that we work with they are they love what we're doing because it's they feel like it belongs to them too and it does and it do- and we mean that because we wouldn't we wouldn't be open today if we hadn't had their support over over the past few months you know it is a very difficult thing for anybody to do to start a business regardless of what means you have or you know what support you have but to, to have gone through what we have between all that we've talked about so mm. far and have this gang of people around us who are are just they're there they're there for the and they get it and every day it's exciting you know last week we had um our best ever day on friday in the middle of january Unreal. which blew us away nuts but everybody was going up to check what's it at what's it at that's awesome we've seen it go from when we opened we opened with just coffee and cake yeah and, but it, it's for us it's not it's a bit it, yeah, it, it's a cafe but it's also a demonstration yeah that as a property developer you can take your big new shiny development and you can put independent yeah. producers and traders yeah, yeah, yeah. in it yeah and yeah. support them yeah because People want to spend money locally. People, true. Cu- customers yeah. want, cu- customers come in to me all the time and say, I much prefer coming here because you're independent. Yeah. Because you're not a yeah. chain. And if, 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 if we care about the city, we will look at, you know, our independent traders. And if you take the Primark fire as an example, where it was our independent traders who struggled. Yeah. You know, 
Penny's ref- Primark refined. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, Zara the dog, the dog just fell. You just dropped pennies. the dog there. You just, the you just had the cat oh. out of the bag. But we know where you're from. <laughs> you're, you'll you'll <laughs> always be a blowing, love. You'll always but, be a blowing. But it was the local businesses that suffered. Yeah. Now, there were some local businesses that booked this trend. You know, like I, we buy our fruit and veg in the town from a local fruit and veg shop. And they were okay because their standards are good. And they're still, you know, but... The, the the support, you know, there was great there was great effort by the council and by everybody to come in after the event and to uh, offer assistance. And that's fantastic, you know, and I think that that was needed at the time. But what they need to do now is how are they going to preempt the next event like that? Mm. So do we want the city centre that's full of high street stores and empty units or do we want the city centre that's full of high street stores and independents yeah. that are being cultivated and helped yeah. by by council like it's very it's belfast is a is a difficult place to do business and belfast city council has many faces so on one hand we have people who work for the council who come in we've had council events in our space but when you go down the the, the route of trying to plan or trying to like find help Unless you have the money to employ a quantity surveyor and an architect and all of that, like you, you, you do meet indifference. Yeah. Now, it's very telling if you go onto the Belfast City Council website right down at the bottom. If you've 10 million to invest in the city, they'll wine and dine you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so if you're coming in, if you're the big chain, if you're saying, right, we're going to open and I'm, I, I love a chain restaurant. I love a chain. I, I love fast food. I love, I love Greg's. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 there's a place for that. Yeah. You know, it's quick. It's easy. I'm not, I'm not the, the, this and that, but what value are those jobs adding to communities? Mm. You know, what, where, you know, what, what are the staff being paid? Where is stuff being purchased from? You know, Bre- Brexit has made this amply clear. Yeah. We're so we've we've become so dependent on the just in time delivery model mm-hmm. that when something's not just in time it fucks everything up. Yeah. So at the moment we you know they're talking about driving trucks from Europe into the UK like they can't even get coffee cups from Bristol to Belfast. <laughs> yeah. You know like this, this you know, so that as a small business you're you know at this stage of the yeah. game we're already starting to see supply chain issues. Yeah. But we're still going to motor on and 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 make the big corporate company king and forget about the little you know yeah. like everybody got a rates bill uh, discount this, this but like did everybody deserve one? You know, mm, could yeah. could some businesses pay more rates than others? Yeah. Could it be a scale? Yeah. You know, can you know what 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 are we what are we doing to you know create uh, a, a, a retail environment that's going to sustain? Yeah. You know? It comes down to imagination as well. I think you know you're in a great place here. You're here in the Ormo Baths. You're in a center where imagination innovation is is so key to what everybody in here is doing on a mm-hmm. daily basis. But what I have learned from being out in the world is often these decisions or these plans are made in silos. So they're not connected together. So you'll have the, the, the it's like trying to run a, like, I don't know if you've seen that fire festival documentary. Um, if you oh, haven't, you it's on Netflix, Netflix and it's absolutely superb, but it's about how something, you can't watch it and not think of Brexit. Cause it's like, how can something just go so entirely wrong? Okay. And it's when when not information isn't being shared between relevant places that that everything starts to fall between two stools and then you have a disaster. And I think in Belfast over time, it's but people have stayed in their silos, they've stayed apart from one another. And what I um, like about what the council is trying to do now, and they've done with some workshops that they've had in our space as well, is have a conversation about the wider cultural plan for the city, how business matches up with the arts, you know, how we can bring, how, how we can sew all that together and do a complete piece that, that really represents the city rather than making decisions that have ramifications in other sectors, but never having that conversation with them, never, never sitting down and going, well, how can we solve each other's problems? Yeah. And that's part of what we do around a queue. And that's part of why we, Yes, it's a cafe, but we, we we always call it the space. Yeah, you know, we say we're going down to the space or down to the building, because it's so much more than that. And we ha- we see people in there every day talking about things that I would never have expected people to be in our space. I actually about. like the way you described it as an open church. Like in the strict definition, it's probably it's it's probably more church like than yeah. 
most churches because yeah. if you look at kind of like what church is supposed to be it's supposed to be a place of community it's supposed to be places where meals are shared with yeah. each other yeah. and where conversation takes place and so in some ways just rename the thing the flipping church queue and why not well actually speaking of meat i'll tell you the reason why i first put my feet into your door into your door it's probably not the right way to say that into, 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 the, into the church put the door down was the because there was a rumor floating around I don't know if it's true I don't even care if it's true that this new place around the corner seen if a barbecue went under R.I.P. barbecue uh, they bought their smokers and now they do really really good barbecue food well we we, we have bought the smokers yeah yeah. yeah. so at the moment we, we, we bought we wanted to, we, I want to I want to make deli meats yeah. so I want to do farm to fork sandwiches so I, my 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 mad plan uh, is to buy some pigs and buy some cows <laughs> and to have them reared on farms and uh, slaughtered and sent back to us down on Comic Street where we have a butcher's kitchen and we have these smokers. So that's that's our phase one is getting the cafe up and running and then we're going to bring the smokehouse online. Uh, at the moment, we use a really cool uh, company down in Armagh called Orchard Smokehouse. And they provide us with our meats at the moment. But yes, we do have the barbecue smokers. And the plan is to open our own smokers. Rumor confirmed. (laughs) But it's, uh, the idea is to, is to, is to, is to kind of bring, bring that ethos in. Look, this is just, um, I often joke that this is what I'm going to do my PhD on. You know, cause I, I, I'd always, <laughs> I always considered that retirement for me would be just going back to university yeah. and doing a PhD. Yeah. And the building for me is, 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 is that experiment. It's, yeah. it's, it's how do we look at redevelopment? How do we look at employment? How do we look at where we source our food from? How do we look how we engage with each other? Um, and it's, 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 it's trying to build a demonstrational model to, to that they can then be used. And we're not, we're not, originators in this like all all we're doing is correlating other good work we've seen yeah so we're inspired yeah. by people like richard at the accidental theater and and adam space. adam turkington and, and the gang at the vaults yeah. you know so they 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 have inspired us by their actions yeah we have come at this at purity how can we demonstrate that there's a commercial um element to this that is sustainable so i I have a daughter, she's six, I, I'm a weekend dad, you know, and uh, you'd end up in, you know, people go, oh, you got to go check out this place. Uh, we won't name them because we won't embarrass them. But, like, you know, went to um, an art cafe and uh, it's great. It's really, really cool. You know, kids love it and there's lots to do and you could easily spend an hour or two there. But the coffee's stinking. <laughs> you know, but it's, but it's three quid a cup. Yeah. And it's not made properly. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's like the cafe was an afterthought. So you, you want to bring your child to that space and you want to spend time there, but you're like, you begrudge paying for the coffee, (laughs) you know, whereas we thought, well, what if we make really good coffee and Monday to Friday, all the workers in the area will come in and buy it. And then at the weekends, different people come in. And in the evenings, different people come yeah, in. Yeah. But the coffee's good. So everybody knows that they're going to get a good cup of coffee and it's going to be reasonably priced. Yeah. And, but, the, the, and, and they'll come into the space. Yeah. And, 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 you know, we, we made no accident about it. Like we, we went, we had, we, we, we no experience. I worked for McDonald's when I was a kid. And I thought that, that was, and I watched a TV show called Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Me, you know, I work for McDonald's. Like, I'm the more experienced of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what that's saying really, no, on the grand scheme of but, things. But, but but I went like it, it, it. When we went, so we were we were opening up, and it was like, what are we gonna what are we gonna charge? And I'm sure there's a formula where you work out the weight of the coffee and the price yeah. of the milk and the labour. Right? But we went well. Cafe Nero have a menu board, <laughs> so we went around and photographed. I went around and photographed the Cafe Nero. And the first time I didn't get it, so I had to go back around again and photograph <laughs> it the second time because I was trying to be discreet. Uh, we, like wrote, we wrote our menu out and we made everything 5p cheaper because <laughs> we were going to be 5p cheaper than Cafe Nero because people go, oh, there's a Cafe Nero around the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. We go, oh, we're 5p cheaper than them. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, no fucks given, you know, because yeah. it's, it's, our coffee's good. And th- four months were open now just so, and somebody came in the other day and they were like, oh, I was in Nero at the weekend and they're 35p there than you. Mm. We have our customers coming and saying user user too cheap. So in four months, the <laughs> chain put their prices up. Yeah. Now I don't know their circumstances. Yeah. I know our circumstances. Our rent hasn't gone up. 
the cost of our coffee hasn't gone up, our staff costs haven't gone up. I think we'll resist the, 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 the you know, we'll, we'll, we'll not put our prices up just yet. Yeah. Because there's no need to. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're greedy, uh, but people like sheep still go there. Mm. You know, people just walk in. Yeah. So it's, it's about not, um, that classic Belfast thing, not taking the mick. It was very much at the forefront of our minds because having been an office worker and having gone in every day to the same places and, and, and paid money for the services, I knew what made me leave feeling good and what yeah. didn't. You know, we talk about our team, Dylan, who is our chief barista and also this incredibly talented florist called the Dandelion. Um, he's, he's just wonderfully did our wedding flowers. I met Dylan because he was working in Clements and I went in every morning to get my coffee and he was just wonderful. Unreal. And we just clicked and we just had this great like connection and became great friends. And that shows you the power of that connection in your morning and how that can set your day off. 100%. So, you know, when you have like authenticity and, and you're, you have that as well as a good product. And just a shout out as well to Orla McKeating, who we get from Bowden Park, who we get our coffee from and all of her support because without her yeah, and her like her the product and her dire class, yeah. we wouldn't be here. So what we have, I think what's different about what we do in terms of our business is, like say, that fairness model. It's not only just to our, our staff, but it's also to our customers. And that's why we have people who are coming back three, four, even five times a week for their lunch. Absolutely. They're, 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 it's not just that they're getting a great product. It's not just mm-hmm. that they're getting good value, but they're also getting this. They get a full like, song and dance show whenever they come in. You know, <laughs> it's a whole, we have customers come over and spend their tea break with us just to get out of the office, come over and get a coffee, stand at the front oh. counter, eat their sausage roll, and all just stand in there chatting with yeah, us. Yeah. Well, I, I think people deserve better yeah that's what makes your day is human connection yeah you know, yeah. yes you could probably go around the corner maybe you get a coffee for a pound you know and maybe you get used that car and it's fine for you but i would go i go to the place where i feel mm. good and where it sets my day off and that's what we aim to create with yeah. Kuhn, and it's that atmosphere and i i'm very proud to say that that continues to grow but also not going to turn somebody down you know like we've had we've had our customers come in and like it happens a lot <laughs> Like, you know, card doesn't work or, you know, oh, fuck, I forgot my wallet. We just give them their lunch and come back the next day or the day after. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's not going to go hunting. It's like. trying to get that. <laughs> it's trying to get, get back to that way of you, 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 you shop local, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I live on the lower Omo road and there's like a we what we call the vivo but it's now a spar you know it'll always be and a it's, vivo it's, 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 viva it, la vivo you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's the only it's the only little convenience store i'll go to yeah. i'll drive past other ones yeah. to go home and go to that because they're sound I, yeah. I don't know that they know my name or you know but they know who i am and yeah. they, you know they, they have conversations so it's it's that that you keep going back for that you know and that's what builds a community yeah yeah and you know we talk about a place and the building and the cafe and all of that stuff. And Barbara had spoken about it, uh, about the council and the disengagement in the art sector and this sense of what pay, what a sense of place is. It really comes down to it's where people communicate to each other. Because when people start communicating to each other and step away from rhetoric, that's when, that's when good things happen. Like it is, this is better Belfast. Like I believe in a better Belfast. I, 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 it's, it's happening. You know, we sit in the normal baths. I, I remember coming to have a look at this a few years ago when it was empty oh, and the so transformation, sad. it hasn't, you know, it's, it's great just seeing the people and every, we're looking out here and everybody's working away. And you, you know, there's a, we've had some people come into the shop and, the, you know, there's, we, we're aware of what's happening in the city. And I think, you know, when you own a cafe, you become the place where everybody comes to gossip and talk. So you, and, and you know, everybody and, yeah. and somebody will come in and go, Oh, you know, I'm having a problem with my, my app or I'm talking about, you know, this, that, and they'll go, Oh, you need to speak to this person who comes in and they work over there. And like we, it's this idea of a networking. But, yeah. uh, just like now, as you, as you would well know, Matt, like networking's the buzzword, right? You know, everybody's about networking. Let's get out for a networking opportunity. <laughs> and, and he and I haven't not sort of been in business circles like that, just been off working, but not, not sort of in those, um, networking events. We're like, is that not just what, what people do? Yeah. Is that not just, like life yeah yeah yeah. i obviously accidentally spent my whole life finding a network and jp had done the same and and what what we found from being in the building is that that's that network has now graduated to us you know and it's expanded the number of people that are coming in and out of it but we don't think of it as that we think of it as 
our community that we've built down there. And we talk about the power of referral. Oh, massive. It's a, it's a, as we all know, as a business builder, it's extraordinary. But we, we deliberately did not do a big shiny launch for our business. We deliberately did a nice, um, sort of easy Twitter, easy Instagram, no big push. We didn't want it to be about me or him or what we've done in the past or us and our big mouths. We wanted that to stand on its own. And because I think we've done it that way, it's drawn more people into mm-hmm. our way of thinking and, and in there out of curiosity. And then there this morning, you know, I had a, had a guy who had been working around the corner, didn't know we were there. And then a, a friend of his in the office who another friend had brought around said, you need to try their sandwiches. They're amazing. The barbecue sauce will just like blow your mind. <laughs> and he came around and he's been in four days in a row. Unreal. You know, for his morning and for his lunch because it, because they feel comfortable there and because that person that works next to them has said they're sound around there. Yeah. That's networking. It's not necessarily about having a flashy event. It's not necessarily about blowing your own horn. It's a it's about making people feel welcome and having them remember you for for positive reasons, not because you gave them the hard yeah. sell or because yeah. you had the fanciest business card or <laughs> you know or you you're, 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 whatever you're whatever because it is. You were authentic. Inflate, inflate your ego. Yeah. That we went the opposite direction with this, which for us was was a challenge because there's <laughs> a pair of big egos sitting in this room. Some bigger than others. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I'll be honest, right? So we haven't even got through half of stuff I want to talk about today. <laughs> but I actually think that this is a really nice place to land the plane because Brilliant. we've talked about the cafe. Everything you're saying is just so so good. And to be honest, you say there's two big egos sitting in front of me. You know what? You're absolutely right. There are, but there's also two incredibly incredibly talented people. And I'll be honest, more talented than I could have ever imagined. Because you because you, you go into the you go in the queue, and, right? And what do you see? You see Barbara making your coffee. You see JP in the back making your sandwich. Yeah. And you've no idea that you're these people who have all these incredible stories, this massive, massive wealth of experience. And I'm just blown away. So I want to end it here. I actually would love to get you back another point to talk about lots of other things. But I want to end it here because it's a perfect way for people to kind of see what the cafe is all about. Awesome. And who you guys oh, are. You. So yeah. the last question, again, scrapping on my usual stock stuff. <laughs> I just say, where can people find you? And... If people walk into your door, what is like the your favorite thing to get from Cafe Kuhn? Well, people can find us at Twitter and Instagram. We're at Cafe Kuhn and that's C-U-A-N. And we're also on Facebook. I'm not as great with updating Facebook. <laughs> um, and, and we would be on social media a lot. So if anybody wants to, to reach out to us, that's the best place to get us. Um, but if you're coming in, you have to get... Uh, so I have gestational diabetes, so I can't drink regular milk at the minute. So I would, which you've to- actually, when I asked you to do this interview, you explained this to me because I was in getting a sandwich or something, yeah. and you said it's diabetes again. I'm, trying, I'm getting into loads of stuff. <laughs> anyway, it's diabetes because you're pregnant. Because you're it pregnant. just happened because yeah, you're pregnant, right? That is just madness. But anyway, <laughs> so I would tell you what you need to have is a coconut milk um latte right. from Austin. It sounds very pretentious, but it's only because, like I say, I can't drink real yeah, milk. Yeah. And it is delicious. And I would have been a naysayer for that. So I I would say give that a try. It's amazing with our coffee. But in terms of sandwiches, what do you think, JP? All of them. <laughs> Just come in it's and like, knock it's them like, off. It's like, yeah, it's like asking me which of my children. Is <laughs> in terms of what we probably, our biggest seller would be the barbecue beef and bird. It's so freaking good. So JP good. makes the barbecue sauce himself and all the meats come in from our ma, like you said, and uh, you, you get it. In, and I just say it's a big, sexy sandwich. But mm. we have a physical place as well. So Twitter and Instagram, but we actually have a Oh yeah, a, a in the real world. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 100, wanna... 161 to 165 Cromack Street, right beside the Enterprise Car Rental. Opposite the gas works. Uh, opposite the gas Works. Yeah. Yeah. I forget that it's a real place. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. I live on yeah. Twitter and Instagram that much. I forget. Well, I like it's it's. I think anybody who has a thought in their head of something that they want to do should just go and do it. Yeah. Don't have the regret. Don't don't have the regret. Like this is eye poppingly stressful. There's no two ways about it. Definitely. But don't live with that regret where it was what if because I did that for a long time and it just sucks the soul clean out of you. So, yeah, we're living on the edge, but, you know, it's accelerating. And be authentic. You know, Belfast, authentic Belfast is the best of Belfast. Be yourself. It's o- it's okay yeah. to be from Belfast. Yeah. Like, we can stop being embarrassed about being from Belfast because it's a pretty cool place to, to say you're from. Unbelievable. 
Here I am so chuffed at just how like neatly tied up that all was. So <laughs> thank you for your time. Really appreciate you. Oh, thank you for having us. And thank thanks you. for the great chat. Appreciate oh, no, thank it. You. Thanks so go much, man. Cheers. <laughs> Unbelievable. Guys, Barbara and JP, thank you very, very much for carving out some time and your very busy schedule. Yeah, I really, really do appreciate it. I know that it is a lot of hard work running a cafe, particularly on a Friday. So thank you for making it round to chat. Really appreciate it. Honestly, your story is a class. Absolutely unbelievable. And for all you guys listening, I hope you really enjoyed it. If it is your first time listening to Best of Belfast, you know, let's not make it your last time. Let's get to know each other a wee bit more. Like I was saying, there's like 38 more interviews just like this one. And you know what? A new one launches every single Monday morning when you're driving to work in your car and you're feeling a kind of doom and gloom or whatever it is. Here's a wee show just to pick you up. Here's a show celebrates Northern Ireland. It's all about the incredible things that are going on in this beautiful, wonderful, amazing, blah, 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 part of the world called Northern Ireland and particularly our city, Belfast. If you'd like to get notified, if you'd like to get hand-delivered content uh, to your mobile device or to your email, all you got to do is just subscribe to Best of Belfast on any podcast app or you can go to bestofbelfast.org where you can see a photo of Barbara and JP along with any links to their social medias and everything like that. And what else do you do on there? Yeah, you sign up to the email newsletter where you can get emails every time a new show goes live. That's it. I really encourage you to go and check out Cafe Kuhn if you haven't already, particularly for a dirty bird sandwich. Guys, it is just, um, I can't even, you, you know, some things, you, it's kind of like the Matrix. You have to see it for yourself. You can't be told about it. So you have to just go get your feet into the door, as I was saying earlier, because you will not regret it. And I highly recommend it. Okay, thank you for listening all the way through. See you next Monday. My name is Matthew Thompson. This is Best of Belfast. And until next time, all the very best. Cheers, guys.